the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. Are you looking for actionable, tangible strategies to drive your career to the next level? Well, you are in the right place. Come laugh with us, come learn with us as amazing women share their personal experiences of failures and success that will inspire you to take action. If you like today's show, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our mailing list at womenleadershipnation.com backslash academy. Our guest today is a confident, ambitious woman who is unstoppable. She believes in working hard, making big mistakes, taking time for self-reflection, and letting go of being perfect. She attributes knowing who's sitting in front of her, really truly listening, and being in the moment to her success of being able to make true personal connections and build strong relationships with her clients. She's a top real estate agent at Douglas Elm in Beverly Hills, has consulted with some of the world's top architects and developers, and was the first female cast member on the hit TV series, Million Dollar Listing. We are so lucky to have the author of Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word, Tracy Tudor, on the show with us today. Her advice and outlook on life will truly inspire you and empower you to take action. And now introducing your host, co-founder and president of Women Leadership Nation, Jennifer Latticer. So thank you so much for joining me on Breaking Barriers podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. So when I think of women that are breaking barriers, I honestly, you're one of the first people that comes to mind. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Nice. And I just want to thank you because um, I think being able to, to see you uh, excel, you really provide an incredible example for women to show that you can kick ass and really do well in business. So I really am glad to have you on today. Oh, thank you. I, I, that means a lot to me. You know, I think writing this book, I, during this time and, and where we're living and how we're experiencing, you know, 2020 with the pandemic and all the challenges that I think our community and our culture is going through is it just all kind of came together. And you know, you write a book and you never know if it's going to land or hit. Um, but I think being on this show and obviously writing a book about empowering women, um, just it, the timing couldn't be more relevant. And I just, Absolutely. you know, yeah, I honestly don't think you could have found a better time for it. And, you know, I've, I've read, I'm a bookaholic. Like I literally have hundreds and hundreds of business books. And what I have to say genuinely I finished reading your book. I have marks all over it, uh, which is a good sign, by the way. (laughs) I love a mark. Yeah, is um, that there's a lot of business books out there that uh, really focus on the theory, and it's honestly quite hard to actually, you read it, maybe it's in the back of your mind, but you don't apply it. I believe that this is required reading for any woman that's in school, that any woman that's getting into the workforce, and then also any woman that is really wanting to take their uh, career to the next level, because you really provide practical solutions. Yeah, I think that's the problem with most of the books that I read when I was coming up in the business world. I just didn't feel like anything was connected for me. It wasn't tangible. I didn't relate like I, the big ideas and 
the conceptual um, pieces about confidence and was all there. And I think that, you know, so, so many amazing books have been written by women about breaking those kinds of barriers. But I just didn't feel like for someone coming into the workforce or wanting to sort of re-enter um, the business world, that there were like really, really tangible things that I think connect um, with the audience. And so that's why I really, I, I kind of wanted to just dumb it down a little bit and talk really candidly about you know, walking into a room and what are the three things that you should think about before you do that and how to dress and how to connect. And I think that's something that's lost in a lot of, um, of the other big books. Um, that being said, thank you. I'm glad you appreciate that because that was a big thing for me when I, when I was thinking about how to connect with the audience. Yeah. I feel like it was very intentional on your part. And I really like the idea that not only do you um, provide uh, examples, but you actually give people real life uh, examples of what to say. And typically that's the hardest thing too, is you, you know, you find yourself, you're emotional in these situations, but you know, how do you respond where you still look very professional? And like you say, you can kind of take control and command the room. So Right. And it's not always, it, you know, it's not always so straightforward, right? Because you, you get, you find yourself as a woman in, in a scenario in a business setting where you're not really sure how to handle it. Do you make light of it? Is there room for humor there? Um, do you look someone square in the eye and say, I don't like the way you're speaking to me? Like, or do you play at it and flip the switch on them and make them feel like you're right in there, you know, with them and you're poking fun right back at them. There's all there's so many different ways to handle it. And that's why I feel like the chapters of the book really are connected. And once you sort of read, you know, one chapter about how to prepare to walk in the room and then the next chapter connects the dots for you when you're sitting across from that personality type and you're like, oh, with this one, I'm going to use humor because this is an egomaniac. And I know that because I studied his social media and or her social media. And I know a lot about them from the diligence that I did. And then it's just, it all sort of comes together, but it, it really truly is an exercise. And, um, and we have to do all of these little things, but I think all of them are really tangible and, and it makes it easy to, and I've had a lot of women like you actually are, you know, highlighting and marking the book up, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Because that means it really is tangible and it's connecting with younger women and, and, you know, older women that are in my age group as well. Yeah, And like you said, so I, I actually felt that when I was reading it, I felt that it took you on a journey. And so beginning with, you know, for those that haven't read it, first of all, pick up the book and read it. But for, you know, in for the purpose of this podcast, really getting into, I thought maybe we can cover some of the high level points and certainly it's all doable. And, you know, I know for me in my career, and even as I've grown older, I've gotten maybe stronger in my self-awareness, which actually helps you to be able to handle disputes or, but not shy away from them. And I love what you say about that is, you know, don't be afraid of them. And what you're explaining in the beginning part is starting to get to know and understand who's sitting in front of you, which we can all do that. And having an understanding of that then helps you to discern, uh, determine how to handle the situation. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think, uh, you know, having the self-awareness, knowing 
who, knowing what your weaknesses are, knowing your strengths and how are your weaknesses or strengths going to play to the person that you're sitting across from? Because if I know I'm dealing with an egomaniac, then I might peel back a little bit and not be as, I'll let them do the talking in the beginning. I'll let them, um, you know, I'll ask them a ton of questions and then I will listen and then I'll capitalize on some of the things that they're telling me from that meeting. And there are always going to be like little nuggets that you can pull from, you know, things that they're telling you that if you're really listening and you're not like focused on your pitch and whatever it is that you prepared, but you're actually sitting in the moment from the person across from you, it's, it's like gold. And, and that's what I think, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You have to be able to prepare enough that you're less focused on the actual mission and the pitch and or the point that you're trying to get across and you're more in the moment. Because that's what I think a lot of times when we lose, we're lacking, which is that human connection. And unless you connect with that person, you're not going to win, no matter what. And that's why being a chameleon or being able to shift or pivot in a moment is, is crucial. And there's a whole chapter on that as well. Yeah. And would you say, so you talk also about your intuition and um, I think that that's really key. And I think, would you agree that being in that moment, first of all, coming to the meeting with a strong understanding of the individual, that you know the personality, they're one of the four types of personalities, but then also being able to then allow yourself to be in the moment, your intuition is heightened at that point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when, when you're actually connected as a person, which again, that's something that, you know, you should be focusing on yourself um, because a lot of times I think we get wrapped up in the day-to-day grind of what we have to accomplish that day, be it our children um, going to school, making sure they're getting their homework done, making lunches, going to work, um, you know, just succeeding in, in finishing your schedule for the day is like hard enough. Yeah. So, like, we all get it. Like, yeah. Like I'm sitting across from you, like, it's just so easy, like as, as a single mom and, or, you know, whether you're married, single, have children are divorced and you're having a career, it's like a grind to get up every day and sort that out. And, and really once you figure out that piece, then it's about, you have to fuel yourself as well and, and be able to feed that so that when you are in the meeting and when you are or do have an opportunity to network with someone or meet someone and win them over that you're connected here. And, and for me, that's, you know, starting your day the correct way, whatever it is that you have to do for me, that's, you know, having my like morning routine. I wake up, I have a celery juice. After my celery juice, I have a cup of coffee. After my coffee, I walk outside, I do a pre-workout and, and by the end, by, you know, 7.30 in the morning, I'm ready to, like, slay the day. Yeah. And I, I also like the fact that you, uh, and especially in these times, I know, you know, I've spoken to a lot of women over the last little while. And, you know, COVID has had a dramatic impact and, and more so on women than anybody else, I think, because we take on so many things and we have to. You know, it's really that balancing has been become even more difficult. And so not being hard on yourself that you have to be perfect, because guess what? Like nobody's perfect is not going to happen. I mean, by the way, I, for me, that is like such a huge piece that women are, we're so hard on ourselves and we never forgive ourselves. And there is, there is something that I need to tell 
all those perfectionists out there. It's not working for you. Like as much as we want to be perfect, there is perfection in embracing imperfection. Like to me, that's what it's all about because the imperfection of, of understanding yourself well enough to know that you're never going to be a hundred percent at all the things that you're doing. And being a woman is, is challenging enough because we have, we are sort of running sort of traditionally what we have, you know, been raised to do, be mothers, be caretakers, take care of the home. Um, and, and there's other things that we want. We want to work. We want to be successful. We want to be independent and able to make decisions for ourselves that aren't wrapped up in not being independent. And, and I mean that in, in, you know, for women out there who are thinking about whether or not to get married or to quit a job and have children with their husband and let go of some semblance of themselves. I, I absolutely celebrate um, stay-at-home moms. I just want them to be clear that they're not completely dependent on the person that is their partner. How right. can you be a partner if you are dependent? Um, and I think that is, you know, something that is so crucial. And I think that, you know, we have to lift each other, lift each other up as women and remind ourselves that, you know, we have the ability to make unilateral decisions for ourselves as well. And there's, there's so much power in that. Yeah. And I think, um, and also letting go of the, uh, the feeling that you maybe aren't doing enough. I know I, you know, I was doing my MBA, uh, working full time. I was a single mom and often I would be in, in my uh, office and I would put down some toys for the kids after coming home. And I would feel guilty for that. But then, you know, I would try to put myself in the moment to say, well, wait a second, I'm trying to create a better life for my child. And now I see them studying hard. So it's, I think, it's getting that balance, but you know, but I also, also being realistic about it, right? Absolutely. And I think it's also forget forget your own perception about how you're failing your children or whatever, because that was ingrained in your head when you grew up that that was your job to raise yeah. perfect children, to send them off into the universe, and you will sacrifice whatever you have to sacrifice to make that happen. I think. The, like, the new story and the new thing that we should be discussing is having honest conversations with our children about what it is to be uh, a mother and a career woman and a wife or a girlfriend or a single mom. Whatever that is, why not be teaching our boys and girls that there isn't one way to do it? There isn't one way to live. Because, by the way, you're setting themselves, you're setting your children up for failure if you tell yeah. them that marriage and till death do you part and the historical way of looking at relationships is, is the way to go because by the way, we're not succeeding at that. Are we? I mean, more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. You've got a lot of single parents out there, you know, trying to do the best that they can and why not help each other and teach our children that there's more than one way to do things. I also like what you say is you, you talk about, and I think a lot of people say that, that they'll, they'll see you on TV, they'll see what you're accomplishing and they'll say, wow, that, you know, she's got it easy. Look what she's accomplished, but it wasn't easy. Like you say in your book, you really had to work for it. And I think being able to share that and being uh, vulnerable enough to be able to admit that helps 
Other people that are striving and maybe having a difficult moment realize, well, it's not easy, but because it's not easy, maybe I am moving ahead because you have to do things that are hard. Yeah. I mean, I think, I definitely think that helps establish grit. And I think grit is, is such an important thing to be able to navigate the ups and downs of running a business uh, or being an entrepreneur or being a parent. Like there's going to be things that'll come at you from every angle. And if you don't know how to survive it and thrive in it and pivot and come up with a solution, then, you know, the cards are stacked against you for success on all fronts. Um, You know, my feeling is, you know, we've got to find a way um, to continue to push ourselves and myself included. I, I, I had a successful father uh, growing up and I got to see how hard he worked, but he came from nothing. He was a first generation Armenian immigrant who's, went to work for his dad's small construction company and grew it into the giant that it is today. But, you know, watching him as a child, I saw how much work he put into it and and the hours, but he was militant. Mm -hmm. And um, I took a lot of that and, you know, put myself to work, uh, despite the fact that a lot of people thought, oh, well, she, you know, came from this. Her dad is super successful, so she doesn't have to really do anything that actually made me want to work harder. I got my first job when I was 16 years old. So I I wanted financial independence. I wish it came easier. And that's another reason I wrote the book because I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I had to kind of, you know, um, trial and error was a big thing with me. And it's, you know, 20 years later, I would still say comparatively, you know, against all the guys on the show, I still make dollar for dollar less than they do. And it certainly is because I don't work as hard. It's just, you know, I'm still up against the same challenges being a female in this industry that they are. Yeah, but I'm really glad that you're, you are there and you're speaking for so many women. Uh, I also found really interesting in the book, and I, I would love your opinion on this, in terms of us closing the gender gap and really making progress forward. What is your opinion in terms of men being part of the solution? And I know there was, uh, you used the example of you were, uh, it was basically an all white male panel almost, even though there's 60% of the women are in real estate. And you know what, you you followed your intuition and you spoke up about it. And I think that's amazing. But it was also good to see that some of your co-stars also stood up. I think men are I think men are a big piece of the solution. And unfortunately for me, I do have, I definitely have a stronger female following than I do a male following, but I do have a lot of men that reach out to me consistently and have read the book and have taken inspiration from it because, you know, you could be a man, but if you're not a white man, Mm -hmm. potentially you're a black male coming up. I mean, there's how many black men have this conversation with um, Trent when I did the expose on the real deal? Um, he's a successful black guy in the industry. And he called me up and he's like, thanks for saying what you said. There's also no men or women of color on that panel. I'm like, you're absolutely right. So yeah. um, I don't think it's just about the gender gap. I think it's a gap on you know many different levels, culturally, culturally ethnically. Um, and it's something that, you know, we should all be fighting for. And I think men are definitely a big part of the solution. And the question that I constantly get asked is, 
how can we help? I, I did a podcast just last week with this 28 year old guy. And I thought this was so fascinating. I think you will too. And he was so connected, like so wanted to know how he could be helpful in a scenario, in a business scenario like that. If he's a man in a room with a woman who he, you know, instinctually feels is being treated either inappropriately or not as an equal, how can he help? And I literally talked about it with him for 30 minutes and we just were going back and forth. And I just appreciated that. I think there's a lot of um, younger men today that are uh, supportive of closing that gap on on all fronts between um, everyone. And so that's nice to see because I think the older generations are very much stuck. I think Um, we're seeing a shift. I have a, well, we have many kids, but my youngest is eight and he'll, he'll watch TV and Jennifer, how many do you have? You said many kids. Seven. No, you do not. I do. (laughs) So my oldest, actually, my oldest lives in, so Long story short, I had cancer at a really young age, and I, they said, you'll never be able to have kids. I ended up having a child at, eight, at 19. And wow. so, but, you know, it's, uh, thank God, he's, he's uh, actually living in L.A. right now. He's oh, a gamer. And, uh, but we have seven, so uh, together. But my youngest is <laughs> And uh, I, I'm so proud of him because – often he'll he'll be on he'll watch tv and he'll see like a woman that's you know empowering or something that's happening and she'll he'll say you go girl (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like that generation and certainly i feel like there has been a shift have you seen that in real estate from when you went in to to today um Definitely the younger generations. They're more creative. Uh, I have a lot of uh, young people that work with me, and I found that the millennials and even Gen X are, they're big thinkers. And and what I bring to them is a little bit more of that grit and and like the hours and the hard work and kind of coming at it from different angles. And so I think that they appreciate that. But what I appreciate about these generations is they're more open-minded. And they, you know, they're trying so hard to shift perception. Um, and my daughters are like, I mean, particularly my teenager, Juliet is like very politically active, Mm -hmm. um, like a big, like supporter of the BLM movement and like talks about it all the time. It's not trendy for her. Yeah. You know, her mom is, you know, definitely, speaking up for women. Um, she, it, it's not, it, it's not like, you know, just because she's living in it right now, she literally, you know, has a big, big opinion about all of it. And I love that. She's yeah. you know, 14. Like feels empowered that she can yeah. do that. And I think that's great. Like you need to be able to, like you say, you need to have that confidence to be able to be like, I can make a change. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, that's, what's great about uh, the younger generations. They have that they have those big ideas and they have those egos and um, because everyone told them they were fabulous when they were young. So good. Go, yeah. go make the changes that our generation could not. So with COVID um, there definitely has been a big shift and people are having to even reinvent, reinvent how they do business. 
Um, for you, has there been any lessons learned in terms of some of this change that's been going on or ways that you're going to be doing business differently? I think a lot of times, particularly in real estate, and for some of us that have been doing it longer than others, and I think this probably applies to most businesses, you get kind of stuck in the mud a little bit. You, your routine gets very, the trajectory is just sort of like cruising and, um, you know, it's things that happen like this, like this pandemic that made everybody stop dead in their tracks. I mean, it halted the economy in one day mm-hmm. and we all had to sort of sit down and look at ourselves and figure out what the hell we were going to do differently during this time. And, and, you know, this is one of those moments where I do feel like Linda the strong survive. And so you have to be able to pivot and you have to figure out, you know, for those people that have been doing business as long as they have in one, you know, one way, that one way might not work for you. Yeah. You know, so I have personally made a big shift in our marketing, um, which has been uh, enormously successful and well received. Mm -hmm. Um, We're taking chances. We're trying different things. You know, virtual house showings is not really my MO. I don't think that anyone is buying a house from me over the internet without seeing it. Um, I certainly wouldn't. No. Uh, but I do think it is about sort of shifting your mindset and figuring out how to work in the environment that you're actually living in. And I think, you know, you talk about in your book as well in terms of the refocusing. So, um, you know, there's, there's a number of areas, six areas in your life. I really love how you have two simple questions to really, you know, what's working well, what, what isn't working and what do you, do you need to do to f- close that gap and, and make it work well. And I think that, you know, people reading that section, even at this point in their life can be, you know, taking a look at it. This gives you an opportunity to reflect on your life. Who has that? Usually it's, you're so busy, right? Right. Stuck in, stuck in the routine. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. I do think refocusing and sort of asking yourself annually, if not biannually, how are things going? Mm-hmm. Are, and, and like for me specifically, how many listings do I have right now, year over year compared to last year? What's my percentage of closings? Why is that? What is the shift? And then say to yourself, where could I be stronger? If I'm not getting the business that I, I was hoping to have or that uh, the goal that I set for myself at the end of the year, why not? Am I not putting the time into the, the new proposed way I was going to, you know, uh, elevate my business by 20%. You have to really ask yourself those tough questions. And then you also have to reevaluate your personal life at the same time. I think it's like a, you know, it's, it's a shift on both, um, in both areas of your life, your, your business life and your personal life, because the two go hand in hand, as much as you want to separate it, you know, it's who you are. Yeah. Well, I could ask you hundreds of questions. I'll end with this one though, because uh, is uh, you know what's the future for you then? What what dreams or what do you you know what do you see as being? I mean, the book was incredible. The what do you see next? I you know I am inspired by a lot of different women. I think one of the biggest things for me this last week was obviously you know, making a bestseller list uh, with Wall Street Journal and to come in just behind Brene Brown, who I'm an enormous fan of. Um, I think inspiring women um, elevate each other. And she's just someone that I 
I'm inspired by. So I'd love to put it out there in the universe that I would love to do a talk with her. I would love to, um, you know, bring powerful women together to create an environment and a space to have us, you know, celebrate each other, but in a, in a, in a different way. And so that's my next, you know, that's my next goal. Oh, that's amazing. Well, we def anything we can do to help you. I know we're going to be launching uh, Woman Leadership Nation Academy soon. And Good. this will be required reading. Good. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. It was nice speaking with you. And uh, good luck with that. And good luck with the seven kids. My Lord, woman. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds worse than it is. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all grown up in there. Pretty you've good. Got, I mean, you've got them all. How old is your oldest? So the oldest is 26. And the youngest is seven. Eight. Eight. Yeah. You're a talented, talented woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it sounds a lot. Really at home, we only have two. So we have one that's living in California, one that's yeah. in New Zealand, and then the rest are in university. Or So we really just have two at home. So it's not too bad, but... It definitely keeps you, you know, busy. <laughs> oh, good luck. And I'm excited for you with women's leadership. And, and I'm here supporting you guys all the way. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and share the stories of inspiration and encouragement to women all around the world by forwarding it to a friend. We want to help you continue to learn and grow. Visit WLNAcademy.com for additional resources, guides, training opportunities, and sign up to keep in touch so we can let you know the exciting things that are happening next. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep breaking barriers.